From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to the Cannabis Podcasts. Your first time here? Well, and especially warm welcome. The next 30 minutes or so, just stuffed with information about cannabis. And in fact, in this episode, I'm going to do the long-awaited, at least on my part, cultivar corner, and I guess on the part of the guy who grew it, the long-awaited cultivar corner on some Colombian gold that I was gifted. And another interesting experiment where I take my last crack at doing some edibles with a higher dosage than I had normally done, and we'll see how that goes. Plus, going to take a look at a couple of stories. For example, in Ontario, they're having trouble keeping track of the cannabis stock in their retail stores. And I also want to promote uh, some stuff that happened locally here. Uh, some changes at the store, and not only for myself, but some recognition for some others. All that and more on Episode 60 the first show of episode three of the Cannabis Podcast. And to start off the episode today, we're going to talk about locally a bunch of stuff that's been happening at Spirit Leaf Kelowna. And first of all, before I go any further, let me be clear that any views expressed in this podcast are entirely my own and do not represent the Spirit Leaf Corporation or anybody else at Spirit Leaf other than myself. And they're all my personal opinions. This has been an interesting month. Uh, as you know, uh, well, as if you've been a constant listener of the podcast, you know, I've been working at Spirit Leaf since the store opened here in Kelowna about six months ago, back in May, having a blast, really enjoying the camaraderie of the group that we have working and selling cannabis and, and just ha- having an opportunity to teach a bunch of new people about this wonderful plant we call cannabis. Well, there has been some changes at the store. And in fact, as of December 1st, I became the store manager. And that has meant a couple of different things. It's meant that my schedule has shifted a little bit. So that also means that the schedule of the podcast is shifting ever so slightly. Just going to shift it by a day. I used to publish it every Saturday at 4.20 p.m., coincidentally. That's now shifting to, as you have discovered with this particular episode, Sunday. We'll pick the same time, 4.20 p.m. That gives me a bit more time now with working full-time Monday to Friday, a bit more time to put the episode together. So Sundays is now the day you want to look forward to every two weeks for the next release of the Cannabis Podcast. But also at the store, some fabulous stuff has been happening. (laughs) For me personally, over the last week, there has been at least three times where I have been talking with somebody, either a customer or a rep who's in the store, and their, their face suddenly changes and they look at me and they say, do you do a podcast? And in each time, I, of course, say yes. I'm proud to host the Cannabis Podcast. And the most amusing one of those just happened the last day before I took off for my little break here. And that was, in fact, we had a new employee. She's going to be starting in January. So let me give a shout out to Erica. Erica is moving here from a different city. And she's coming to join us in January. Fabulous to meet her. Going to be a great addition to the team, I am sure. But it was very cool after we were all introduced to each other. And then she came along and was was picking up some cannabis for uh, as they were heading back home. And as I started talking to her and describing some of our product, she had that look that I'm now recognizing. And she said, do you do a podcast? All the people around me started chuckling and said, yeah, he does, in fact. And then she said, I love your Cultivar Corner. And I... 
couldn't help but say, you have no idea how good that makes me feel to hear you say that, to know that there are people out there that are listening and enjoying it. So that was the, the highlight emotionally for me in the last couple of weeks. And the other parts of the store that I wanted to talk about is Spirit Leaf as a corporation, now 67 stores across the country uh, from a franchise. Some are corporate stores, many are franchises. And Spirit Leaf held the awards. In fact, their annual awards, and it was hosted by the CEO of Spirit Leaf, Mr. Darren Bondar, did an excellent job on it. And what it is is a way to announce some winners of what some of the highlight products that were featured in Spirit Leaf stores across the country this year This insight into the shopping habits of Canadian cannabis consumers shows some interesting trends. And I picked up a little story, and you'll find the link, again, back at CannabisPodcast.com. It's a link thanks to my friend David Wiley over at the Okanagan Z, who covers all kinds of local cannabis stories. And if you want to be in the know, make sure you follow Okanagan Z. So the winners from the Spirit Leaf Awards show, and it was just that, it was, of course, a a socially distant affair. It was virtual. Uh, it just happened last week, I guess. And many of us were watching live as it happened. The top licensed producer was Canopy Growth Corporation. The top dried flower was Original Stash Reserve, their Indica. The top pre-roll, and this is no surprise to me, is Redican Reddy's Cold Creek Kush. Very, very popular product. The top beverage, again, no surprise to me, and in fact, Seth uh, Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg were on the the broadcast, and I thought it was very clever of them. They did both ways. They recorded a piece if they lost, and they recorded a piece to use if they won, and they in fact won. Houseplant Grapefruit was the winner. The top vape, very popular in our store, Good Supply Pineapple Express, and the top edible Bang Milk Chocolate. And the other piece that was really interesting in the award show was that there was some recognition of some Okanagan stores and some Okanagan people. In relation to Okanagan stores, Spirit Leaf in West Kelowna, Holly, who's one of the people involved in that, her and Michael, Holly won the Manifesto Award, which recognizes franchise partners who are going above and beyond to fulfill Spirit Leaf's mission of, and I love this part of Spirit Leaf, spreading peace, harmony, and cannabis knowledge. And then in our own store, we were all stoked when the when it came on as the winner. In the Spirit Leaf Kelowna store, our concierge, uh, one of our fine cannabis concierge, Skyler Ashley, recognized as the top concierge for Spirit Leaf in Western Canada. So that was some of the fun that happened at the store over the last little bit. It's always an interesting place to work, and it's always fascinating to be in the cannabis industry. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, I have been looking forward to this ever since I received it in the mail. Uh, I mentioned it on the last episode that it is the first cannabis that I've ever received from a listener and impressed from a number of perspectives. We've already discussed that I can't actually be naming the person uh, because of current stigma issues with cannabis. (laughs) But once again, I'll refer to him as Jay. And Jay did a fabulous job. He sent me two two strains, actually. One was uh, Purple Pud and the other, which is what we're going to be looking at today, Oh, that is very, very sweet smelling. 
And that is Colombian gold. And my goodness sakes. Oh, the first thing I was impressed with uh, when uh, the package arrived, and that was that the jar was vacuum sealed. I don't know how the hell you did that, <laughs> but I'm sure there's easier ways. I just haven't looked it up, but I was impressed by that. I literally had to break the seal. And that was the first time that I got this delightfully fruity, citrusy, earthy, kind of spicy all aroma, just all thrown in together. <laughs> oh, very, very nice. So this is the Colombian gold. Now, uh, it was grown indoors, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know I could be wrong on that. I don't know actually whether it was grown indoors or outdoors. Uh, but as I'm looking at it, uh, now don't take this personally, Jay. We all need to learn a little bit better how to trim. Uh, <laughs> and that is not a, that is not a criticism. That is uh, an attempt to offer some opportunity for improvement in the future because I have done the same exact same thing. And that is when you, when you grow these beautiful buds and you, you harvest your plant and, and you go to do something with it, and as you're bringing those scissors in, you keep thinking, well, if I keep, if I take those leaves off, they won't have any bud at all. And, and if I take those leaves off, the same thing happens. <laughs> and I finally did learn uh, in my last iteration uh, that you just got to keep going and you got to get down to get that nicely shaped bud that shows a fine mark of trimming. So uh, take the criticism as it is intended, Jay. You can do a better job of that. I know you can. In fact, I'd like you to send me some more of your stuff after you. <laughs> yeah, that was my trick. Just, just see if I can trick you into sending me some more. Uh, so putting aside that, which is something that we all as amateur growers uh, can certainly get better at, and that is determining how deep to go in our trim. So now that I've kind of taken care of that myself, these are very nice looking buds. Oh, and they really are, really are pungent. I have not had a lot of success except with my lamb's breath of a really, a lot of odor uh, to the cannabis that I've been growing, especially after the cure. And although my Northern Lights um, does do that, and in fact, I think I'm going to send Jay a little package of my Northern Lights to thank him for this and then he'll have an opportunity to critique my trimming <laughs> all's fair in cannabis right <laughs> but i think it's time we stop talking about this and let's get down to the business of having a smoke so i'm going to get a joint and i'm going to get some prepared for my vaporizer and away we go with colombian gold so let's take a peek with the jeweler's loop and see exactly what these little buds have in store for us. And, oh, I see a lot of orange hairs. Fairly trichome rich. And how are they doing? Oh, yes. A lot of amber in there as well. Hmm, very nice. It's just so much fun to see all those beautiful trichomes and think of all the magic that's in those little glistening heads. I'm just fascinated by how this plant grows and, and how the buds stalk their little magic. All right, I'll get back to business. The moisture content on these buds, very, very nice. Dried significantly so that, uh, you know, it is smokable, but not so dry that it's crumbling in my fingers. Did need to grind it up a little bit. Oh, 
And that released even more of the of the spiciness, more of the fruitiness. Mmm. Be interesting if we can figure out a way to get terpene content on our homegrown cannabis without having to send it away for expensive testing. I've I've heard that there is some cheap testing out there, but I haven't been able to find it myself so far. So if anybody has a link uh, where we can get cannabis tested pretty cheaply and find out THC and terpene content and all that, please send a link to info at cannabispodcast.com so I can share it with the rest of the world. And there is the joint. Recent debate uh, in the community uh, where I work about the validity of the ash test when smoking a joint. We've talked about it a number of times. Some consider that the ash, the black ash, is an indication that pesticides were used uh, and were never flushed. In fact, those who are most adamant about legal cannabis, that's what their uh, biggest issue is, that if there's black ash, it proves that there is pesticides used and they weren't properly flushed. Well, one of the things we have talked about as well, and this was the spirit of the conversation at work, and that is that there are other components that can create a black ash. And that is if we choose a bad harvest time, for example, if the harvest time has been later in the day, so the plant has awoken, has now brought in all those wonderful nourishments from the sun, and they are now still immersed in the plant, the, the extra chlorophyll and, and some of those other components that in and of itself can create a black ash. So there is still some debate about the worthiness of the black ash test uh, in terms of smoking, but what the heck, we've started that process. We're going to continue it now. So I have the joint ready. Let me get the vaporizer stocked. Ritual. This is all about ritual, isn't it? The ritual of getting ready to, to imbibe in cannabis is part of the fun. It's one of the things I try to build up with, with people as they're new to the experience is don't rush yourself. Take your time. Enjoy the experience of grinding up that weed. Enjoy the delight of watching it pour into the bowl of that vaporizer or watching that joint develop as you wrap it up. Mm, that's half the fun. All right, now let's get some heat on the vaporizer. And while that is warming up, I'll pick up that joint. This is from somewhere in Ontario, grown by Jay, Colombian Gold. Oh. Oh, that's a really nice taste. In the joint, that's a really nice taste. Mm, kind of some of those fruity notes that we talked about with the smell. And a little bit of the earthiness. I'm thinking a fair amount of myrcene. The fruitiness, I'm wondering if it's osamine. Mmm, I like the taste. And now let's see, on toke number three. And then this could be a creeper. This could be, and I can, I can kind of feel it creeping in there now. It's, it's not bang high, here we are. <laughs> oh, but it is a nice little creep. You know, kind of just, ease you into that euphoria not wham bam here i am <laughs> just ah mm. and a nice euphoric feeling too 
as with all hybrids, this is this is probably a I'm going to guess a 80% sativa, 20% indica, because I can feel a little of that body relaxation as well from the indica side of things. That's my guess, anyways. Mm. Uh, if you ever feel like you want to send me some more cannabis, Jay, <laughs> feel free because I am most impressed. And despite the fact that I might have criticized your trimming a little bit, I'm not criticizing your, your end result at all. Oh, and I haven't even tried the vaporizer yet. It might be because I'm a little too stoned. <laughs> I have forgotten. <laughs> but that has never stopped me before. I'll carry on as I should. Oh, wow. And that taste that I got when I first lit up that joint. <clears throat> when you pit that up in the vaporizer, wow. Multiples of flavor sensation. Oh, again, a lot of fruitiness. There's some of that spiciness, some of that earthiness as well. And I can now attest to the fact that this is definitely a creeper. They, due to circumstances beyond my control, I actually had to stop recording at a point about 20 seconds before this. <laughs> and in that space, uh, there was a good five minutes that went by and I talked about my happy eyes kind of creeping up on me and well, they did in that five minute period. Here they are. My, my full sense of happy eyes, that, that real strong euphoria, uh, again, sense of, sense of some relaxation in some of my muscles as well. I, I, I really like this eye. Well done. Good, good on you, Jay. And one day I'll be able to say exactly who you are. You get the credit you deserve, <laughs> but fabulous job on the Colombian gold. And interesting news out of Ontario. And I picked up this story from stratcan.com. An annual report out of Ontario says the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario cannot account for more than 84,000 lots of cannabis products in its stores. The report from the Ontario Auditor General, Bonnie Lissick's annual report, released on Monday, shows that from September 2019 to July 2020, retail cannabis stores reported destroying 5,477 units of cannabis products and having 84,228 fewer units of cannabis on hand than recorded in their inventory. It also notes it cannot verify this information. The report says the AGCO could not guarantee that these units were not lost, stolen, or diverted elsewhere, such as the black market, and that the AGCO has not conducted any retail store inventory counts to confirm that information being reported is reliable. Provincially regulated retail cannabis stores are required to submit monthly sales reports to the AGCO. In addition, retail stores are also required to self-report any discrepancies in inventory within 24 hours, transfers of cannabis between stores, and destroyed cannabis products monthly. From September 2019 to July 2020, retail cannabis stores reported destroying 5,477 units of cannabis products and having that 84,228 fewer units of cannabis on hand than was recorded in their inventory. The report also says that the provincial regulatory is not effectively using mystery shoppers to monitor the risk of cannabis sales to minors. 
From August 2019 to March 2020, 26 new stores opened, but the AGCO have requested these inspections for only three stores. The AGCO uses a third-party provider that employs people aged 19 to 25 to conduct mystery shopper inspections in private retail stores that sell cannabis. Manitoba recently tabled legislation to allow the province to use minors as secret shoppers in cannabis stores. The new legislation, Bill 60, amends existing legislation to make it legal for the province to hire young people to determine retailers' compliance with provincial laws around the age of access. The provincial regulator states that they have reduced its use of the Mystery Shopper program because of dissatisfaction with the services of the provider. One flaw noted in the report is the repeated use of the same inspectors for retail locations, which can allow retailers to comply when the inspectors are around rather than being a mystery. Interesting inventory issues in Ontario as everybody tries to figure out this whole legal cannabis world and where we still have to tweak some things to obviously make them better so that those inventory reports are accurate. But that's a lot of cannabis to go unaccounted for, 84,000 plus units. Hmm. If you have listened at all to this podcast, you know that I have not had a whole lot of success with finding a dosage of edibles that gets me an enjoyable high. It's been very difficult. (laughs) So together we are actually on a a bit of an experiment right now because as I head into a three-day weekend in advance of my 65th birthday, probably shouldn't admit that, but what the heck, I've admitted a whole lot of other things. So (laughs) what's the harm in that? As I head to that momentous occasion, I decided that I'm going to do my final test to see whether I can find a dose of edibles that makes sense and, and gives me that feeling that I'm looking for. So we're on that ride right now. This is where, unfortunately, I had to deviate a little bit uh, to get the quantity that I wanted at a price that I could afford. Uh, let's just say I got some gummies from a source, uh, and they were 20 milligrams each. I popped three of them about one hour ago, if I'm correct. No, I'm sorry. 56 minutes and 37 seconds ago. And we'll see what happens. So this is this is it for me. If this doesn't get me to any sense of, of enjoyment with cannabis through eating it, uh, then I'm done. I'm, I'm going to stay with flour and, and I'll move into some concentrates perhaps. But I decided it was time to finally put this all to rest. And I thought if I'm going down this path, I think this is a good opportunity to share some of that path. So what you're going to experience as, as you listen to this part of the episode is various pieces that have been kind of strung together because obviously I'm not going to run this all the time. But as certain moments happen, as certain time frames pass, I'm going to turn the microphone back on and we'll see what kind of state I'm in. I'm kind of looking forward to the results and seeing what seeing what happens. I'm hoping for good. I'm hoping that this is that moment where I find that particular dosage. I've tried, and, and the reason why I stopped at 60 or why I went there I had had one previous fairly decent experience with some product from where I used to work that was 50 milligrams. It was half of their brownie. And I really enjoyed that. So that's why I thought, okay, I've done 10, I've done 20, 30 didn't do anything for me, 40, that but nothing. And so, well, let's go to 60. Since they were 20 milligrams each, that just naturally meant three of them. So 
here we are. We're on the ride. I'm now 58 minutes from ingestion. And uh, this is the hard part for me, quite frankly. I'm trying not to smoke a joint because I want to experience the full effect without any additional incentives, so to speak. So it's really tough to be sitting here in my studio where all my stuff is around me and all my cannabis is there and I just want to reach out and roll a joint, but I'm not going to. I'm I'm going to hold off and, and we'll see what happens. Am I feeling anything at this point? I guess I'm feeling just a just a teeny bit of a buzz. I'm hoping it becomes more than that. And that's where we'll leave it. All right, we've hit 90 minutes. And I'm so wanting to smoke a joint. <laughs> this is frustrating. I really thought that 60 milligrams would be some magic dosage and, and it would just be a fabulous experience. <laughs> I figured, you know, 60 minutes, 90 minutes. Maybe it's a longer onslaught, I guess. Onslaught. Okay, maybe my speech is mildly affected, but not really a whole lot. Certainly my brain isn't very affected. I do not feel buzzed at all. And I'm kind of missing that. That's why I'm going to smoke a joint soon if nothing else happens. <laughs> Which may spoil the experiment, but I can only last so long. Come on, let's be serious here. So here we are, as I said, the 90 minute mark. Now we're at 91 minutes. I've rambled on for a minute this time. Still no buzz, significantly obvious. A time check. One hour, 57 minutes. Still no discernible effects felt. Uh, and I have further information to add. You know the proverbial thing when you take edibles and they say, you know, uh, take it. And if you don't feel anything after an hour and a half, maybe take some more. I did. I took another 20 milligrams, took one more. And we'll see if that collectively now comes to some fruition that was unexpected could end up in a green oven. I'm hoping that won't be the case. But I'm also hoping that sometime soon, something shows up because I still have not smoked a joint. So I've been a, a good boy from that perspective, but I'm giving up on that soon. If if I don't feel anything by, um, let's say 2.15, maybe two and a half hours, that's it. I'm going back to a joint, getting high for the rest of the night. So there we are. We're now at two hours. No, actually, we're just at 1.58, but... I didn't think you were actually timing, so you probably couldn't check me on that. And that's the state. So we're now at 80 milligrams of THC consumed, and we're hoping for some effect soon. All right, time check. Two hours, 14 minutes, 23 seconds since ingestion. You can probably tell by the lack of enthusiasm in my voice that we don't seem to have changed much even after adding that last 20 milligrams. So guess what's in my mouth now? You got it. It's time. I have decided that I'm not waiting any longer. Perhaps it may still come. I haven't given up entirely. But as far as the total experiment goes, I've, I've devoted two and a quarter hours to this now. In fact, exactly two and a quarter hours. I believe that I am entitled to finish this joint. And just as an aside, what I'm smoking is some Quest Point Break at 29% THC, but we're not here to do a cultivar corner on that. <laughs> I'm just teasing you with that. So that's where I'm at. 
I'm still not feeling anything. Well, again, I guess it's it's too late for me to know whether I'm going to feel anything from the ingestion alone. But nonetheless, I will still hope that something will develop and we'll see where that will go. But I have given in. Uh, I couldn't resist any longer and I have smoked a joint to at least get high for the rest of the night if the edibles are going to do it for me. Uh, two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, a buzz from, from the joint. But of course, once I start smoking joints, I just keep smoking joints. I've never talked about it. Never talked about how long the high lasts. And I've never talked about it because it's, well, quite honestly, it's something I'm embarrassed by. I'm not sure if that's the right word. But I, a high lasts barely 30 minutes for me, if if that. Like, really, the true, the true strong effects from that high barely last me 30 minutes. And I guess that's why I continually smoke once I start. <laughs> so we are at two hours, 31 minutes since ingestion. Total ingestion so far, 80 milligrams of THC. I don't think I'm going to add to it because I doubt that it's going to really change the effect now. And I've kind of given it up that I'm going to be smoking the night away now. <laughs> and now I'm even mixing up some stuff. Because I bought some stuff before my birthday, I'm mixing up some of that point and break that I talked about before with a little northern berry, uh, which is Tsunami from Hexo. And northern berry is northern lights and blueberry cross. <laughs> so I'm just kind of throwing everything to the wind now. And I'm I'm starting to have a really good time. And that's the whole point. So, so there's the check-in at two hours and 32 minutes. And as a follow-up to that, I stopped breaking every few minutes. <laughs> I got too stoned and just forgot to do it. But it never really developed anything in terms of the edible thing. I was high from what I was smoking at the moment. Edibles never did anything. I did get up to 80 milligrams. Nothing, in essence, is what I felt. I had three more of them left, and I did the same thing the very next night. Popped all three of them at once. Felt absolutely nothing. I was ready to record if, if suddenly it became an experience, but alas, it still did not be an experience. And quite frankly, I think I'm kind of done. I mean, I'll, I'll still you know, play with eating some edibles while I'm cooking a meal, especially with that infused uh, coconut oil that I have. Still have to use that up. But other than that, I don't think I'm going to be buying any edibles. Maybe some of the drinks as they get a little bit higher. Uh, and that's one thing we've talked about a little bit, you know, with some of the drinks and why at two milligrams, the intent is not necessarily to get you a buzz with that first beverage, but to be able to drink those beverages over the course of an evening, to be sessionable as, as a term that's brought from the beer industry. Sessionable refers to a beer that can be consumed multiples over the course of the evening because of its low alcohol content. So same thing with the low cannabis content at two milligrams per drink. And that's the idea behind those. Uh, but uh, they haven't really done much for me. And maybe, and neither have the 10 milligram drinks so far. I'll probably try one more of them just to give a sense of it. But based on this last little experiment, I think I am done with edibles. And that wraps up episode 60, the first episode of the third year of the Cannabis Podcast. I am so happy that you're along for the ride. Please, if you ever have any comments or you'd like to comment on anything, info at CannabisPodcast.com is the email address. At CannabisPodcast.com, you will find all the links to every episode. 
And if you ever have any ideas for somebody that should be interviewed, please let me know that as well. That wraps it up for episode 60 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.